go to the book of Luke tonight, Luke the ninth chapter, Luke chapter nine, amen, we'll be reading verse number 51 through 53, praise the name of the Lord, 51 through 53, Luke chapter nine, praise God, if we could stand one more time for the reading of the word Greet all of those that are online joining us virtually. God bless you. Good to have you in the virtual tabernacle tonight. Amen. Praise God. The Bible says, And it came to pass when the time was come that he should be received up. He steadfastly set his face. Everybody says he set his face. He set his face to go to Jerusalem and sent messengers before his face. And they went and entered into the village of the Samaritans to make ready for him. And they did not receive him because his face was as though he would go to Jerusalem came to pass the time was come that he should be received up and he said steadfastly set his face I want to talk to us tonight on the topic committed to the cause committed to the cause Lord Jesus I pray right now Lord God that your word would fall on good ground I pray, Lord Jesus, that we won't just be hearers of the word, that we will be doers also. In Christ's name, I pray. And everybody shout, in Jesus' name. No, you got to shout it, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. So good to have all the guests that are here tonight. God bless you from near and far. Amen. Good to have you in the house of the Lord. Committed to the cause committed to the cause it was david the shepherd boy who leaves his sheep with the sheep keeper he leaves all of the sheep with the sheep keeper and david hears of the battle between israel and the philistines and David finds himself, the Bible says, in 1 Samuel chapter 17, he, he finds himself in the trench where the battle was in array, army against army. The Bible says David leaves his carriage and he leaves his carriage with the carriage keeper. So he leaves his sheep with the sheep keeper and he leaves his carriage with the carriage keeper and he runs into the army and salutes all of the brothers. And as he speaks to his brothers, they, they, there comes up, the Bible says, a champion by the name of Goliath the Philistine. And all the men see Goliath and fled for they were very afraid. And David says, what shall be done to this man 
that take away the reproach from Israel. And who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And his older brother looks at him, Eliab, and says he is upset with David and he begins to look at David and said well David you just came down here to see what was going on he says David I know about your pride and I know about your naughtiness for you just came to see the battle but David responds to Eliab his brother and he says to his brother is there not a cause is there not a cause in other words he asks a rhetorical question by saying there is not a cause is there not a cause David is now implying that there is a cause and the cause is to destroy this uncircumcised Philistine David says that there is a focus he says there is a mandate he says there is a mission and Goliath must die David saints of God was committed to the cause of cutting off the enemy before the enemy would cut off Israel I come to preach to us tonight that there is a cause and that cause is something that we as a church must be committed to. We must be committed to the cause. The cause at El Bethel Church, we know the mission. Connect people to God. Grow strong relationships. Reach the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And serve the community. For this church, there is a mandate. There is a mission. And there is a cause. But we all, look at your neighbor and say we all, we all must be committed to the cause. I want to talk about commitment tonight. Commitment is a quality that is, cure, is, is core to having a relationship. A matter of fact, for that, for that a, a healthy relationship with God there is no such thing as a truly mature or a victorious Christian without commitment if you're not committed to anything how can you mature there are plenty of Christians who don't have strong commitments and because of that they never are victorious they're always not victorious. They're always looking to borrow, looking to find, looking for help because they are not committed to a cause. Oh, hallelujah. They live in a state of perpetual immaturity. And the horrible thing is that there are some people that have been living for God 20 and 30 and, and 40 years that are still babies in Christ for the lack of commitment still acting like they need the foundational things and the foundational principles of the word of god babies paul said it like this in hebrews chapter 5 and verse 12 he says for when the for when for when for the time ye ought to be teachers you have need that one teach you again 
which be the first principles of the oracles of God and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. In other words, they regress in Christian maturity because they have not committed themselves to growing in God. So when commitment is lacking in our life, it's a major sign of spiritual immaturity. Commitment. Everybody say commitment. But when commitment is strong, commitment becomes the core driving force that propels people through times of difficulty and times of hardship and trials and, and tribulation that come along to test you and to test your faith. So your commitment determines your maturity. Can I say that again? Your commitment will determine your maturity in God. So if you want to measure where you are spiritually, you need to measure your commitments that you have made to God. Measure what you're committed to. Am I still committed the way that I said that I was going to be committed? Lord, have mercy tonight. Help me, Lord. Your commitment to God determines your maturity in God. I'm going to teach you tonight. So then if your commitment determines your maturity, spiritually speaking, then your commitment will determine your maturity, naturally speaking. And a lot of times, the determining factor of how we get through stuff, it all boils to how committed we are to serving God. You ever ask yourself that question? How committed am I to serving God? Where is my, my connection with God? Where is my prayer life with God? Have I gone weeks without connecting to God and, and talking to God? Have I gone, gone months without the Lord speaking to me and me understanding and hearing and knowing the voice of the Lord? Have I gone too long? We've got to measure, amen, our commitment to God. Commitment is essential to daily living. Commitment is essential to having good relationships with people. Nobody wants to have a spouse who has commitment issues. Nobody. Lord, I feel like I'm treading on some crazy water. And not, I'm not only just talking about being committed to one spouse, but I'm talking about being committed within the marriage. Let me, let me work this a little bit here. Being committed within the marriage. The things that you commit to doing within the marriage, just do it. If you committed to it, just do it. Look at your, your husband or your wife if you're in here tonight and say, we're going to do it. Don't say just do it. Say, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. Practice what you've committed to doing. Keep doing what you've committed to do. And if you miss doing it one week, mm, pick it back up the next week and do it again. But stay committed in your marriage, committed to making 
a better marriage. Some of you are maybe going through, and I don't know, amen, if you're in here, if you're online, or you, you may watch this uh, uh, later, but if, if some folks are going through some things in their marriage, if your marriage and the, 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 is going through the rocky and, and, and hard places, amen, can I tell you that tonight that the key to fixing the situation is to get back to the commitments that you made early on in the marriage. Get back to doing those things and making those things happen again. Sometimes the way to spice up the marriage is by getting back to the commitments that you made. And I know everybody in the room isn't married tonight, but I just got to work on this area just a little bit. Amen. For those of you who need to hear it. Now, right here, don't look at, don't look at, don't look at your spouse right here. Amen. And say, I told you so. Don't do that. Don't do that because I'm not, I'm not just talking to the husbands tonight uh, or I'm not just talking to the wives tonight. I'm talking to the husbands and the wives. Amen. We've got to get back to the committed things, the things that we committed to doing in the marriage. I'm helping somebody tonight. Get back to doing it and stay committed to it. There are going to be some times that's rough and rocky and tough, but you have the keys to making your marriage work. You have the keys. If he's down, then pick him up. If she's down, then pick her up. Encourage one another in the Lord. Love on one another. Seek to lift one another. That is what commitment is. Because you both are in this thing forever, for eternity. Can somebody say amen? amen? Commitment in marriage is key. Then we have being commitment, uh, uh, we have commitment in ministry. And a lot of people want to do ministry, but oftentimes get caught up in the, the, the glamour and the, the glitz of, of ministry. They only get excited when they're on front and center. They only get excited when they're asked to do something in front of everybody so that everybody can see what it is that they're doing. But they are not committed to doing the work behind the scenes of ministry. Somebody say committed. And I can tell you that it takes work to make an effective ministry. Just like it takes work to have an effective and a great marriage. Can I tell you that there is no such thing as an effective ministry without strong commitment. We have to all be committed to something. You've got to be committed to the cause. And if we're going to see, as we've been talking about since this year has begun, if we're going to see the overflow that the Lord has given to us, the vision of this overflow, we have to stay committed to doing the work of winning people to the Lord. We all got to win people to God. It does, it's not just the leaders or, or the leadership that wins souls. Got to work in this area tonight. I got to stay right here for a little bit because some people think it's only the leaders that witness to people. And it's only the leaders that teach Bible studies. We need all that. You know how they used to say it? All hands on deck. 
We need everybody a part of this overflow. You cannot be left out of the things that God is doing in the kingdom right now. The Bible says that the harvest is ripe, but the laborers are few. Pray for the laborers, that the Lord would send labors into the vineyard. Saints of God, we all got to be winning souls. We can't just uh, bring them to church. We've got to retain the souls that are coming. I just want to talk to us tonight. We've got to retain every soul that comes. We're up to upwards of 16 people out of the 100 soul harvest right now. 16 people. Are any one of the 16 in the room tonight? If they are, I clap my hands and give God praise. But if they're not in the room tonight, we got a problem with laborers. It's going to be tight tonight, but it's going to be right. We need some committed people. If, if, if the church has a bunch of people that are not committed to the cause, then it makes the church become a flabby church. Stay right here. Churches, it, it doesn't really have a good backbone because not everybody's committed to the cause. Only 20% of the people are committed to the cause. Then the other uh, 80% aren't committed. I need all hands on debt tonight. I need everybody a part of the mission because God is sending the overflow. Let me tell you this. When you get in alignment with God and you get in alignment with the vision and the mission that God has given to his church, God won't only bless the church. But God will begin to bless your family. He'll begin to bless your children. He'll begin to bless your finances. He'll begin to bless everything around you. Why? Because you are committed to the cause and you're doing the will of God. Wish I had an amen tonight. You've already seen an abundance of souls added to the kingdom. All of those people that have come and have been baptized and received the Holy Ghost, they all need you. I want you to tell yourself tonight, they need me. Say that one more time. I'm needed. I'm needed in the kingdom of God. People need connections. They need connections. I'm not going to preach you down tonight. I'm going to take my time and just talk to us tonight. They need the link that you have. If they don't link or they don't connect to anybody, why in the world should they stay here? Hmm. People need connections. When you see a new face, you ought to quickly make a quick connection. Praise the name of the Lord. You got to connect with them. Don't just rush out of service and, and walk past everybody. Connect with them and, and, and make them feel welcome. Get to know what their names is. Amen. Get to know how you can get a hold of them outside of church. Pastor, you say this all the time. Yes, I do. 
And I got to say it again tonight because I see what God is doing. I see the influx of souls coming. I see great services that we're having. I see great praise and worship, the move of God, services that we're, we're not even able to preach a sermon, services where people are getting saved, things are happening, uh, good messages going forward, and we walk out of the doors. But I'm nervous about the souls that have been saved that I don't see. Get nervous about that. So I've got to just uh, take a step back and, and, and view out the land. And just look around and say, you know what, Lord, I need your help. I see that you're, you're giving us the overflow. But Lord, teach us how to retain the overflow. I hope I'm doing good tonight. So commitment, can I, can I just tell you, the simplest form of commitment, uh, the, the simplest definition that I can give you for you to understand, commitment is an agreement or it's a pledge to do something in the future. Commitment. So it starts with you saying it with your mouth that I'm going to do such and such and you stay committed to it and you do what you said that you would do. If you made a commitment of becoming a member of El Bethel Church, that means you have committed yourself to a cause and therefore you must follow the mission and the vision of the church. And all this this church is about is souls saving souls we've got to run them down we've got to catch them we wherever they are amen if they're going to hell we got to pull them out of hell and get them into the house of the lord we live in a generation in a time now where people are making decisions amen that are very this just just horrible decisions and running away from the church but we can't let them run away we've got to grab a hold of them we can't judge them them and tell them well you don't look like us and you this and no we got to put that aside we've got to care about the souls of people but we've got to be committed to this cause so that means if you're you've committed yourself to something that also includes uh you saying no to some other things I know that the kids may have basketball practice or maybe track practice. What season are we in now? I think it's track or track season. You said it real loud, sis. Thank you so much. Praise God. I know they got track practice, but they need to be in the house of the Lord. Parents, you need to be in the house of the Lord. Well, they can't. Yes, they can miss because I ran track. Yes, I did. And if you want to race me, don't, don't come race me now, please. Because you'll probably, you'll probably win. But we, we, we've got to make sure that they are committed to the house of God. And they're committed to serving God. Oh, they got football practice and they got band rehearsal. I understand they have all these things going on. But Jesus comes first. If your children aren't living, and I know we don't have any children in here tonight, but if they are not living the way that they should live, they should not be out there running, playing, doing anything. 
they should find God first. And when they find God, then you're able to go, amen, to the basketball game. Then you're able to go to the football game. But you got to make sure that you have a relationship with God if you're in this house. Commitment. I want to talk about being committed tonight to the cause. Amen. And parents, if we get committed to the cause, we've got to make sure that our children are committed to the cause. They've got to be committed to do. If you're in the house of the Lord and you're not committed to anything, amen, you need to get committed to something. You need to serve somewhere. You, you, you need to connect yourself to a ministry somewhere. You know, sometimes there's some people who when they get connected to a ministry, they serve God more than they would have if they weren't connected. They're so worried about, well, uh, since I'm a part of this ministry, I've got to make sure that I walk on the fine line. I've got to make sure I don't go places, amen, that I shouldn't go, amen, because I'm a part of a specific ministry. But then you have some people who decide that, well, if I get a, 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 a if, if I'm a part of that, then I, I've got to obey all of these rules and and do all of this stuff. Amen. You need to. It's not even about obeying rules. Amen. It's a blessing to be a part of an alignment of a thing that God has put together. It's a blessing on your life. When you work for God, it's a blessing that the Lord would put on your life. He'll protect you. He'll keep you out of danger. Amen. We were driving tonight on the interstate. I-75, a car was on fire. My son Seth was in the truck with me. He says, Daddy, we got to pray for him right now. That young man, amen, so, some of y'all may look at him crazy, but he's connected and committed to God. I tell you, he preached more sermons than I've ever preached. Ten years old. Seth is in that, uh, he's in front of that, uh, that screen and, and, and he's going to the YouTube channel looking at El Bethel Church and, and preaching. He's re-preaching every, he's preached all of your messages, Minister Valerie. He's preached all, he's preached all, Brother Robert, he preached with you last week when we got home. I mean, and now he's got, he's got little Noah behind him preaching. Preaching the word of God. Committed. And all I just do is sit back and just record. See, son, what you used to do? You can't go out there. This, this is who you are. I've got proof. Amen. And you're anointed. Remember the other day, I've got a phone call. Amen. He uh, was in the service on, uh, on the Sunday where the presence of God was moving. Sometime you'll see him go around and he'll lay hands on your forehead and he'll pray for you. Amen. Somebody called me the other day and said that they were having a pain in their back. And while Seth came over and laid his hand on their back right in the place, he didn't even know. But he laid his hand on her back and when he laid, the pain has been gone and the pain never came back. That boy has healing hands. Committed to God. My Lord. 
Not making a commitment causes you to be sold out to something or bought into something. Some people go year after year of dating. No Lord have mercy. Year after year dating someone without commitment. Without making a commitment. How much time do you need to know that this is the one? I don't know where that came from. How much time do you need? And let me just say this since we're on the topic. Stop waiting for him and, and, and stop waiting for her, for her year after year. Stop waiting. Stop waiting for him or her to get saved. You don't save them. God is the one that saves them. And if they can't get saved, then something is wrong. Get them a Bible study or something. Or teach them a Bible study. You know, if people are around you for a long time and, and, and it becomes years that they're around you, but they never get saved, then you, you got to just check you. I've got to check me. If I've got a friend that's around me and don't know that I'm saved, something is wrong. Pastor, you preaching tonight. Amen. <laughs> I can't put my eternal life on hold or on the line waiting on somebody to become committed to me and to become committed to the church and to become committed to God. I'm sold out to God. And if you are not sold out to God, you either get on the bandwagon or leave me alone. Come on, ladies, say amen. Come on, men, single men, say amen. Praise the name of the Lord. I'm trying my best. I've got to get to this text. I see I got 10 minutes. I'm going to work this text real quick. In Luke chapter 9, Luke chapter 9, we see a, a clear example of commitment. Amen. Amen. And what better scripture and person to use than Jesus Christ? I can't preach commitment and, and then tell you to, to look at me uh, about being committed because, amen, I'm a sinner saved by grace. Because there's someone who has never missed a beat. Someone who sets the standard for commitment and his name is Jesus Christ. Luke. Chapter 9, there's a transition in Jesus' ministry where he starts the first steps towards that last journey to a place called Jerusalem. And tonight I want you to look. Can you put up Luke chapter 9 and verse number 51? I want you to look at what the, word, the wording in this text, what it's saying to us in Luke chapter 9 and verse number 51. The Bible says that when he should be received up, understand that which, what it means, which was a way of saying that when he was uh, getting crucified. And I want us to, I want to work on this. I'm going to take my time. I'm going to try my best to work on this text just for a little bit. So Jesus was about to be crucified. Remember now, Jesus was God. 
All right. Amen. He was fully God and he was fully man. He still is fully God and fully man. Fully man. Colossians 2 and 9 says in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Amen. He was fully man and he was fully God. God is omniscient, which means, amen, that he knows everything that there is to know. God knoweth all things. God knows the past, the present, and he also knows the future. God knows what your day is going to be like tomorrow. He knows what your week is going to be like next week. He knows how long you're going to live. He knows the number of years that are on your head God knoweth all things and since he knows all things this means that when Jesus sets out to go to Jerusalem he knew he understood he knew already that when he would go to Jerusalem that Judas was about to betray him amen he knew that Judas was going to sell him for 30 pieces of silver he knew that they were going to pull him out of the garden of Gethsemane while he was there praying they were going to pull him out they were going to haul him off and throw him into the prison he already knew that all of these things were going to take place they, he knew that they were going to spit in his face he knew that they were going to braid a crown of thorns and put it on his head he knew that these things were about to happen but the Bible says that his face was set towards Jerusalem knew another man would tie him to a post and beat him and lash him with a whip called the cat of nine tails and it would pull out the flesh that was on his back he knew that he would be stripped naked in front of the public then he would then he would be hung on a cross left for dead he knew this he knew that all of his disciples would forsake him and, and they would run away. He understood the consequences of going to Jerusalem. He understood. He knew it. He, he knew it. He knew it. But he also knew that the plan and the purpose and the mandate and the mission and the vision that he had going to Jerusalem included a cross. So what makes this verse in Luke chapter 9 and verse number 51, what makes it so powerful is that Jesus knew what was about to take place. Jesus knew what was about to happen. You talk about inconvenience. You talk about betrayal. You talk about hard times, being offended and hardships in life. He knew that it was, gone. It was coming in his future. Knowing all of that was about to come to him, the Bible said that he, his, his, he steadfastly sets his face towards Jerusalem. The Bible talks about steadfastly, and that word steadfastly simply means that he was resolute. It means that he was unwavering. In other words, he was so committed to the cause that nobody, nothing could stop his eyes, his face was fixed on the cause he was committed to the cause amen you might, might want to try to stop me from serving God but I'm committed to Jerusalem his face was steadfastly set his face was fixed to Jerusalem now you and I know that a person's face 
can say a lie. <laughs> mm. A person's face, facial expressions on a person's face can tell you a lot about them and uh, if they're dealing with something or if they're they're going through something or going through some hardships you can tell just by looking at a person's face that's why you ought to keep a smile on your face all the time just smile you know my parents used to tell me just smile away smile a while and gave give your face a rest look at one of my sons and he's always got this demeanor about him and I say boy you need to smile but you know what he gets it from his dad y'all help me tonight gotta smile if somebody is is happy you can tell by the demeanor or the the look on their face if someone is is hurting or if someone is angry you can pick up that by looking at their face but here in the text when we can see that the face of jesus was brought into focus in the text the scripture is bringing into focus amen the face of jesus and all the other pieces of the text begins to fade away it begins to fade back and the focal point now in the text is the face of Jesus Christ in fact all three verses in our text tonight verse 51 52 and verse number 53 deals solely on the face of Jesus look let's read it again look at verse 52 I don't know that language. It's in Spanish. And I've got to learn that language. So I'm going to turn this way. <laughs> and sent messengers before his face. Let's go to 53. And they did not receive him because of his face. There was something about the face of Jesus in this text. Something about his face. Setting of his face. Uh, his, his eyes was, was fixed. I mean, all kinds of things may have been going on, but his eyes was fixed and he was looking towards Jerusalem and in Jerusalem he sees all the suffering he's about to endure in Jerusalem but his face is still fixed at Jerusalem here in the text there's a setting of his face there's a hardening of his eyes there's an extreme commitment that comes upon his facial expression and all the people that are around him could see it on his face that the savior has just made up his mind to do something it's a man that has calculated all of the odds amen and he has made a serious decision the word decision here it means to cut off or, or or to cut away some things and as long as i've got my other options i have not made a decision but jesus made a decision and defied all the other options sometimes church of the living god we've got to forget about all the other options and make a decision 
decision and say, you know what? For God I live and for God I die. Amen. Come what may, I'm going to be committed to this cause. Jesus is saying, I've got to get to Jerusalem. I got to see my purpose. I know. I uh, see what my purpose is. And on this day, come hell or high water, I'm going to do what I'm called to do. So I'm making a decision that all other options, and I'm, I'm setting my face to go through with it. I'm not letting anything stop me or come in the way of getting to Jerusalem because I'm committed to the cause. A scripture just came to mind. The Bible says, for the Lord, God will help me. Therefore, I shall not be confounded there. Therefore, have I set my face as a flint and I know that I shall not be ashamed for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation. I'm preaching today about making an extreme commitment to serve the Lord and to do the work of ministry and to do the work of the Lord and when I say do the work of ministry I don't mean you gotta pick up a microphone and preach in the pulpit I mean we've got souls amen that are in the balance weighing in the balance that need God. There's people on your job that need God there's people in your school that needs God you've got to get committed to this cause we've got to have a burden for souls people of God we can't just come to church and have good church and go home and say you know what there was 300 in church today and we shouted the house down no 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 we've got to get to the place that if we don't see somebody come in the door and get baptized in the name of Jesus if we don't see somebody receive the Holy Ghost something is wrong Amen. got one hand clap on that and I'm grateful for that one hand clap. Thank you so much. We've got to be committed, people of God, to soul winning. You know, every time you talk about soul winning, it's always quiet. But I'm going to tell you tonight that what I'm speaking to you tonight is not falling on rocky ground. It's being embedded into your spirit. You know, this is not an amen message tonight. This is the word of God that the Lord put down deep in my spirit that I couldn't get out of my spirit. I wanted to talk about relationship goals tonight, but the Lord moved me from talking about Valentine and, and love and relationship and said, you know what, son? I want you to talk about being committed to the cause of the ministry. Have a series all written up, ready to go for three weeks, relationships. The Lord has shifted me to being committed. Amen. And if he's talking to me about being committed, that means there's some things I've got to commit myself to. But I need a church that will help me as well. That you would get committed to the cause yourselves. Time is all gone, but we, uh, Church of the Living God, we can't hide behind ministry. Say, you know what, well, uh, I'm busy doing this. Well, stop being busy. 
get committed to amen soul everything every ministry that you're a part of everything that you're doing in the house of the lord the reason you're doing it is not for fun and events and and to to just have a joyful time the reason you're doing what you're doing is because there's some souls that's going to walk into that ladies meeting on friday night that needs god and you're going to connect you're going to begin to work in that lady men when you go bowling there's some people that are going to walk right beside you that you need to connect to you need to feel a burden for the person for the man that walks beside you that he needs Jesus we've got to be committed to the cause would you stand with me tonight we've got to be committed to the cause be committed to supporting ministry but be committed to winning souls be committed amen to 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 retaining the souls be committed to praying for people in church amen It, it, it doesn't just take altar workers to lay hands on somebody that's in your aisle amen somebody may be going through something if you know how to pray you can lay your hands on their shoulder and pray the house down and pray the demons out amen it doesn't take a minister to pray somebody through to the Holy Ghost. Amen. Can I tell you tonight, if you have the Holy Ghost, you are a candidate that can pray somebody through to the Holy Spirit. But you've got to get committed to the cause. You've got to be committed. Say, you know what, God? I'm not going to just sit here on Sundays. I'm not going to I feel the Holy Ghost tonight. I'm not going to just sit here. But I'm going to commit myself to doing something in the house of God. Because souls must be saved. Would you lift your hands and begin to worship the Lord tonight? Oh, hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Help us, Lord. Give us a burden, Lord Jesus. Give us a burden, Lord God. Lord God, help us not to just do church as usual, but give us a burden, God, for the souls that are at stake, Lord Jesus. I pray tonight, Lord God, that you would put a fresh anointing upon your people, Lord Jesus, that when they come in contact with people, that anointing, Lord Jesus, will begin to flow off of them and make people stop them in their tracks and ask them and say something is different about you I want what you've got I pray tonight that the Lord will anoint this church that he will anoint the people that's in this church amen to do the work of the ministry and stay committed to the cause that God has called us to Lord we need you tonight we need a burden in our souls tonight we need a burden deep down in our hearts tonight Lord we need you Lord Jesus and for this Lord God for your word we give you praise we give you thanks we bless your name tonight Lord Jesus but keep us committed to the cause Lord God thank you Jesus would you worship him tonight some of us just need to recommit right now some of us need to raise our hand and say you know what god i haven't been committed but lord i want to be recommitted right now lord jesus i want you to recommit my life to doing the work of the ministry to winning souls to saving people lord i want to be recommitted right now oh hallelujah i recommit myself 
to you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Would you just love on somebody tonight? If you got to just pray with somebody, if sisters, if you got to find a sister, amen, just begin to pray for a little bit. It's for about 30 seconds, amen. Men, just lay your hand on another brother, amen. Lord, touch them tonight. Lord God, touch their lives tonight. Lord God, whatever the need is in their life, Lord God, I pray God, oh God, for a commitment tonight to the work of the ministry to serve you, Lord God, with all our heart, all our mind in all our soul. Lord God, recommit us tonight to the cause. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord.